1: GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at gm.com. GM, everybody in.
0: What's up, y'all? It's your boy David with Blackwell World on Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place, so if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. You know the rules of the game, yeah. you know the rules of the game, I don't care what color, can you make me a hundred million, let's talk money. money, can you make me that, if you can't make me that,
1: I'm going
0: to talk to you. You shouldn't even get this tape. I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. I've been chasing after people, All I know is run money marathon. Do five years of this and be a
1: millionaire and go on, do what I want to do. Have kids go live my trip and join the games like out here in Texas or struggle for next year. The choice is yours. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to normalize black wealth and share helpful resources and tips we believe will be useful in attaining and maintaining generational wealth. Please feel free to rate and comment on our podcast. We would love to hear all feedback you have. Now, enjoy the show.
0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Your boy, David Bellard, one-fourth of the Black Wealth Renaissance, checking in with my co-host. Jared, how you feeling, my brother?
1: Man, hey, I'm blessed. I'm happy. It's another Saturday, and then in, in, in the world out here, man, we out here making a shape every day, hey, man.
0: This this is lit. This is a great day. We on our second pod of the day. We got a special pod again. We got one of our first in person guests, man. Did like this is hey COVID, This is this is great. But I appreciate it. before we hop into it and introduce Kobe for real, I do want y'all to know, like, we gotta always say y'all make sure y'all like. Y'all subscribe, rate, comment. If you're a first-time listener, you're a long-time listener, make sure you leave some feedback. Let us know how you're feeling. we want to be making sure we're giving y'all the best content possible. Now that we got that out of the way, I got to introduce my good brother right here, man. So, y'all, this week on the podcast, we got a young entrepreneur, hustler, investor. man. I, I, it's too much going on with my brother, right? Here. He got the plug, and then he just trying to pass it out to the community. My brother is a business strategist and consultant, and he also has his own nonprofit. So without further ado, I'm just welcome my brother, Kobe Boom. Kobe, how you doing, man? I'm
2: doing well, King. I appreciate being here with all your listeners, Um, be able to sit with guys that I truly admire and tune into. I saved y'all's posts on Instagram. I got my own little catalog over to the side. So I really hey, appreciate man. being with y'all.
0: Appreciate you, my brother. This is great, man. So Kobe, we just want to kick this off, man. Just hop into it. So we're going to ask you, bro. Like, how did you get your start and find your way into being a business strategist?
2: So I really started with like childhood. So age seven, my mom gave me three books to read. She gave me the Bible, the dictionary, and Black Enterprise. So everything that you see from me is like a makeup of those three books. And I really like started out by having pioneers in business that I looked up to, like Robert F. Smith, of Vista Equity Partners, um, Earl Graves Sr. And really that excellence that they really gave off and all the conversations they would have. And I just kind of listened in on it. My mom is 66 years old. So I, I really grew up with most people who that would be their grandparents age, mm-hmm. that excellence that wasn't too far removed from someone who actually marched as a part of the civil rights movement and all those processes as well. So for me, that really kind of began it in business. And then like most entrepreneurs or creators, we spend the rest of our time trying to figure out our lane within business. Mm-hmm. And that's probably like the big bulk of it is like, what area am I going to take up in this whole thing? Mm-hmm. So that was a big thing.
0: Cool. So my brother, you went to school, got your degree in marketing, and then you got out and you, like, let's get into your journey. Some. Yeah. So I would say, I would nullify
2: and say at like age 14, I started with Flight of Wings. It was, I still remember the name. It was a poetry and spoken word event. So I performed Psalms 91 in church, where I recited, if you will, at age seven, the whole thing, memorized it. And I enjoyed like the aspect of like performance or whatever at Mm -hmm. church. So then I started writing poems when I was like 12 years old and my cousin Sean Ingram, he had a publishing company when he got out of the pen. And he was like, yo, you know, you should publish a book. Well, my cousin published my first book when I was 15. Mm -hmm. It was a compilation of poems, haikus, and short stories. And at the time, I was working for a ex-football player. I won't name-drop him. Um, I was working for an ex-football player, um, and he was doing, like, team parties. So mm-hmm. his, he had his club. Y'all know how it is. like one, Yeah, he had the team parties going on. That was, like, Friday night. Then they had, like, the 21 and up on mm-hmm. Saturday night. Well, all the older guys in the community or in the neighborhood, they saw that I had, like, a following on Facebook at the time. And one of the guys really took me underneath his wing and was like, have you ever thought about being a promoter? At this time I'm like 15 years old. I had the poetry event that was going on and I was just getting ready to start driving. I still had like my provisional license at the time. So I was <laughs> supposed to be home by nine o'clock but y'all know the party don't end until like two. So I was taking all the back roads in the country. and Taking that risk. Yeah, I was taking that risk. But yeah, like I was doing the events. I got into doing teen parties and just really kind of grew from there. I really loved Diddy at the time and like taking on that persona coming out of high school. So by the time I graduated high school, the area where I'm from, which is Clinton, North Carolina, it's about 30 minutes outside of Fayetteville where J. Cole grew up. Like everybody, y'all know how it is if you grew up in the country, like counties and zip codes are kind of like your own region type thing. Mm-hmm. So whether it was people from Northern Raleigh, which is a 919 where John Wall is from, or like Fayetteville again, like Dennis Smith and those guys, I knew a lot of people just from doing the parties in the country. So by the time I went to college and went to a and I had a strong following mm-hmm. by the time that I was going there. And then many people would say the rest of the history, but colleges where, especially HBCUs, colleges are where your gifts are cultivated. Mm. You really kind of find your stride when you're within, especially at HBCU, because now you have this one opportunity. And this is why I'm a huge advocate of HBCUs. You have this one opportunity within a community that looks just like you. Mm-hmm. And you really have to leverage that community to learn the gifts that you need to, when you leave college, cause you may not again, unless you're the owner of your own company, being that same kind of environment Where again. You can
0: be around all these different people yeah. who are going to be all these different
2: things. Yeah, yeah, thanks. That was probably the short run, but yeah, man, like that's really what led me to a lot and starting the nonprofit took place there. Um, Journey of mine incorporated, it's a 501c3 tax exempt organization. Uh, raise awareness for mental health, personal development, and travel. Started that in September of 2017. We got articles of incorporation to be a 501c3 in January of 2018. And from there, really kind of started putting together the pieces of the puzzle for my life, for sure.
0: Hey, man, that's beautiful, bro. So, man, I kind of want to hop into some of the, the business strategies. Well, first, honestly, no, before that, that nonprofit, because I do want to talk more about that a journey of mine. So this is like primarily for people from my community, correct? Yeah, black and brown communities
2: for sure. So I had my first suicide attempt at age 16. I ran my mom's exploring to a tree. And then my second suicide attempt came in September of 2016. Uh, My last and final one, praise God. And it really came to a point where I was just like, hey, I need to take this platform that's been built from doing nightlife, parties with 3,000 plus people, whatever, and really kind of turn it around. Um, to be able to help others Mm -hmm. that look like me who were going through the similar issues that I had. Most times we think that mental health is the people who are over in the corner or the the guy in class that wears the same clothes every day. But there's people who are on platforms that are suffering just the same. I was making more money in nightlife at that time in college. And I was on the road with the baby Mm -hmm. at that time in college. That's when we came to Texas, I was telling you. Mm -hmm. We came to South by Southwest. Oh, you was with him when he had the diaper on and all that stuff? I was holding the signs up. Dang! Yeah, I was on the sounds up. That was my internship. I was interned with Arnold Taylor and South Coast Music Group, um, and we came down here to Texas with him. I was still in college. I just didn't show up to class that week. I told my dean I was, I was going for an internship. She was like, "What
0: internship is in the middle of a school?" And I just came to Texas. We were in Texas the whole week. Hey, I love it though. Like you, you made it happen. You went and places put Thanks. your face places that it needed to be. Like, okay, so you build the nonprofit up, you started helping people, I love that. When did the transition come from like that nightlife? Cause I know you said you want to start like taking that platform, doing something positive. to mm-hmm. when you started finding your lane in the business side of things.
2: I would definitely say after that second attempt. So going through like issues, of, like kind of mental health is kind of like a car, right? And if you don't maintenance yourself, you don't do self care, mm-hmm. you don't practice the things that you need to be on a, a well standpoint.
0: head over to amazon.com forward slash prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. King right here has a
2: purpose. Everybody has a purpose that they will put in this world to do. The longer that you stay away from that purpose, the more you're driving in circles. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I knew I was driving in circles. I knew I was great at hosting parties and bringing people together and stuff, but you feel so empty. It's two mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning. Your money room is full of money. You count with the owners, but you feel empty. And mm-hmm. stuff. So I think really for me, after that last attempt, praise God, being able to sit down and say, how am I going to use the time that I have left to make sure that it's the most purposeful and fulfilling time mm-hmm. that I have, however long God has for me, is really when it started turning into business because I learned more from starting a nonprofit profit first than I did of starting a for-profit, which came second.
1: I Actually, I had a question about that too. I want to take a step back and like really examine that choice to make your business a nonprofit versus a for-profit business, especially considering the fact that most people usually think of business as something that's usually just for-profit and not just like, I want to make an impact on people and really just help people. Like, how did you first off figure out that a nonprofit was a route that you wanted to go and why particularly go that route?
2: Damon Johns on me, so Mm -hmm. he came to my school and he was giving like his story about FUBU and, you know, starting FUBU and moving into the industry and Shark Tank or whatever. And he was having like a shark tank at our school that I didn't make it because I didn't have no official business yet. Mm-hmm. I just had this hashtag, which was Trust Your Journey at the time. And I had all the Greeks, like my older brother's a Q dog. My best friend was an alpha. He was Mr. and A&T, at the time. I had all the Greeks like posting their pictures and hashtag Trust Your Journey. Mm-hmm. So it really started popping. When he came, the SGA president was my guy. Of course, you know, when you're the promoter, you know everybody. So they help you get into events and right, everything. Right. The SGA president was like, bro, I'm going to get you up there so you can ask a question. You know, Trust Your Journey, get right, bro. So I went up to the front and I asked him, I broke it, down. I was like, "Hey, I have a passion. I want to help people, but I'm broke." And he was like, "Your route should be going to nonprofit instead of actually starting a for-profit business. At the time, I had these T-shirts with like this leaf, you can't see it on the video, but this double helix leaf that I have as an emblem, I was selling the shirts. So I was like, "I really want to help people. I don't want to focus on business right now." And that was the passion. And I think a lot of businesses that I consult with now we have conversations, I start with... How are we going to monetize and form an entity around your passion? Because mm-hmm. if you go the wrong route with it, something that you set out to love and enjoy can end up becoming kind of a curse because you didn't form it the right way. Mm-hmm. So I'm so thankful with Damon Johns. Like he, he spoke to me that day. He made it hard. Just like Shark Tank, he was hard on me in front of like the whole auditorium or whatever. But it was a humbling moment to yeah. say, hey, I'm going to start a nonprofit with no money as opposed to going into a for-profit and having to lean on dollars. Because mm-hmm. y'all know how it is. Like, when you're trying to get your stuff off, like, yeah, you're passionate about your platform or your brand or whatever the case may be, but you got to get these You got to
0: get it in front of right, people. Right, right. Hey.
2: I think Nipsey was the one that said, um, when money is not a, basically he was saying, when money is not like a part of the creative process, you can create so much more freely mm-hmm. because I don't need this to make money. I can just create. Mm-hmm. I can solely do this for its intent and its purpose.
1: Mm-hmm. Man, I'm, I'm really happy you touched on that. Like, cause I think that's something that a lot of people don't think about when they're first forming a business. Like, hey, do I actually want to like, do something where I'm gonna have to get off a of product, or like I'm gonna have to sell stuff? Come on, I'm gonna sell look, my service. your strategy completely different versus if you're trying to just help people or you just want to do something slightly different. Like, it, it changes the strategy with how you have to go about it as well as the way that you have to raise capital.
2: That's yeah. good, King, and I'll add too to that. Like with the nonprofit, the journey of mine, I've never had to really pay for anything outside of services or events that we did. As far as like structure, that was provided pro bono. Um, mm-hmm. Dr. Catherine Otto, she's a Zeta, and she just saw the mission that we had with our um, nonprofit, and she donated her services to the nonprofit pro bono. And then, um, oh God, Miss Wiley, Ashley C. Wiley, like she introduced us to that. That time it was a foundation in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. It was uh, the Gifford County Consortium. So she introduced me to that. And like, at this time, I'm like 21 years old. I didn't know anything about these chambers. We were talking about mm-hmm. that the off Chamber air. Of commerce, talking yeah. about the Chamber of Commerce and all this like free knowledge, free coaching and education that was provided for, especially in that case, for nonprofits. So really, to answer your question again, when it comes to business, I learned about leveraging these organizations, these chambers that are made to help you. They mm-hmm. are put there to help you as my mom would say, go down there and get that free information. Like <laughs> I was going down there and I was getting that free info and going to those workshops that they would have. And that's really, I would say again, what leveraged me to be able to have the information early on to get help in business. You want to go, we we're talking about my first client was mm-hmm. here. Like if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, you got to go together. Mm-hmm. And that, that's really what it was. Message.
0: It said it? Yeah, but it said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I heard it <laughs> but no yeah bro like that's so crucial and so important I kind of now that you brought up the chambers, it kind of leads into my next question. I know you said you started the nonprofit without any capital for yourself so you mm-hmm. went to these chambers of commerce and you learned okay, about the ways to actually get this capital. Mm-hmm. so could you kind of go into like how as a nonprofit did you get that startup capital? Yeah, so initially started with Dr. I know Ashley C. Wiley.
2: I can't remember who exactly who it was. It was like three, almost four years ago. But basically, she connected the dots. Mm-hmm. So once they saw my mission online, I had did a te- I had not done a television interview at that time. I had a video that went viral. So I was speaking about a nonprofit. I was talking about mental health. This is before mental health got popular. Mm-hmm. Let me break this down for y'all what I mean by that. Like, it was 2017 where... SZA had just kind of came out with her, um, her song. Everybody was just getting into like the more earthy type feels. Y'all know mm-hmm. how music started kind of changing mm-hmm. around 2017. Mm-hmm. Mental health for black men wasn't so popular yet. It was still very much taboo and definitely for the community at large. Yeah. I did a video on the football field. It got like 22,000 views talking about my suicide attempt. So, from there, it got reshared, reshared. Y'all know how Facebook goes. Mm-hmm. And then she had reached out. I can't remember who came first, but I went and sat with her. I was like, hey, I want to start a nonprofit. I have no money. I'm living off of a refund check right now. I had just quit nightlife like that August. So, I had left the club, my regular paid $200 for hosting or whatever, and they had no income. But I wanted to help people mm-hmm. and do this nonprofit. I wanted to connect the dots. So, she was the one that educated me on, okay, cool. Well, if we start working on the paperwork, we do do the Secretary of State. It's going to cost, I think, $90 to do a nonprofit. Might be $60 in North Carolina. I think $60 for nonprofits. I think uh, LLCs is $125. So y'all take me on that, whatever. I'm going to pay for it. Mm -hmm. So Ms. Ashley had actually uh, sent her the money. She paid for the filings for me on my behalf. And then the consulting person, this is why consultants are great. She was like, I see your mission, young man. I want to be a part of Mm that. I know you're going to go far." So she just made her services pro bono. And of course you can write that off in your taxes with an invoice as well. Mm-hmm. So she, written it, she wrote it off. And then from there, they just continue to connect the dots Whenever there was an event going on. A lot of these folks, I want to give people context. That's my thing. A lot of the help that you guys need is not going to come from the people who have the most followers. They may not even have an Instagram account. Mm-hmm. It may be a Facebook business page or a group that you need to go find and just go to your Facebook and type in Business pages or Dallas business or whatever, and just start getting a part of those associations and businesses. Once you get connected to the dots, like the Dallas Chamber of Commerce, I pay 75 dollars to be an individual. Mm-hmm. Or you can be a business, whatever. You can be a part of the chamber, and based on your payment as a partner for a year, it gives you the access to whatever the resources are. If it's a book of all the names of the members, cold call those. Mm-hmm. Sell your product, sell your solution, introduce yourself, whatever. If you paid a high level package or whatever to be a part of something, like get a part of that organization and start finding out who does what. That's literally what it was made for. I think one of the things that we lose a lot within our community is that we've gotten so into them phones mm-hmm. and so locked into that. We don't know how, I'm from the country y'all. We <laughs> we don't know how to open our mouths and just talk to folk anymore as my mom would say, like mm-hmm. shake my hand before COVID of course. Yeah. Like, hey, this is what I do. And I had to do that. like looking crazy, broke college student, used to be a club promoter, still smell like the club, like (laughs) Dolph said, still smell like it. Like at these events with these corporate folks over a $90 million account at that time, what it was in Guilford County. And here I am, a 61 black guy in the room, not too many people that look like me, Mm -hmm. but this is free. The organization said, pull up, come Mm to this, it's free. Mm -hmm. I'm eating their little danishes and whatever. (laughs) I'm enjoying myself and I'm learning and I, That's another thing too, King, is
0: we got to get outside of our comfort zone. Real talk. Get outside the, like, just that little bubble of thought. Mm -hmm. You said a a lot of things in there, bro, like, and just that that talking to people. Like, Mm -hmm. I do, we talk about social media, like, BWR, the reason people know of us is through social media, Mm -hmm. but, like, that real-life interactions and those people that can really help you, like, from your journey, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't on the phone meeting these people. You have to show up to a room and be in this room and physically talk to them people. And a part of your story that I really, really, like, I just want to highlight is because, like, a lot of people, they wouldn't do that, bro. Like, putting that out there, going and, like, just taking your vision without the capital and putting it in front of some people and, like, making them believe in that. So can you speak to some of that, just, like, like the process with it? Like,
2: Oh, man, you're taking me back today. That's why I love being on platforms, because you get time to reminisce for real. So I was going through so much pain, man. I was going through like so much pain internally and I wanted to help somebody like, and when you're going through therapy accounts and whether it's CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy or whatever, what the goal of the therapist is, is to provide you a mirror. I want to give you a mirror to be able to look at yourself.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Now what's painful about that part is that we, everybody ain't going to like what they see. You might be nasty. You might be ugly. You (laughs) might be hateful. You might be hurt. It may be somebody that you need to forgive that you never forgave. Whatever the case may be, therapy's real goal is for you to be able to look at yourself internally and make that decision and choice that you need to correct yourself. Once I had done that, within my issues and realized that a lot of problems were caused by myself. I was a knucklehead. I was running away from my purpose again, or what I was really put here to do. And when you do that, you're kind of going, and I'm, I'm tying this story together. You're kind of going in circles and you're not really being profitable or successful because you're not even in the avenue or the lane you were supposed to be in anyway. Mm-hmm. You're never going to have that long term wealth type success by doing what you're not supposed to be doing. Thanks. So when it comes to like me at that time, I was going into overdrive to being purposeful. I felt like God had given me a second chance at life and I felt like I had to help as many people as possible. I really felt like there was a time ticket. Mm-hmm. I still do in many ways. I think any entrepreneur, true entrepreneur, like gifted, they all know that like, yo, we're not here forever. We mm-hmm. got to like go get it, leave a legacy, whatever. It's not going to just happen.
0: It's not going
2: to happen overnight either, but I'm going to go ahead and make the mission to be about what I'm standing for. So I think for me, I went into overdrive and I look back sometimes on Snapchat, which is dope about like our era now. Cause you can log in, I don't even be up there, but you can log in Snapchat and see videos of me like talking to people about mental health on campus. I had a great connection with the counseling office that had the little tracks. So I would like give them to people whatever. And I had the t-shirts at the time as well. So I think for me, you have to get hungry folks. Like if you listening, you have to get so hungry Like Nipsey said, you're willing to die behind what you stand for. And that's just it. Like you're willing, like for real, this is what I'm about. This is my mission. This is what I want to do. And as my mother would say, if it isn't a thing, it'll be the thing that leads to the thing. Mm -hmm. I know y'all have heard that before in the country. And like, really what it's saying is that if you get so motivated behind doing something, Mm -hmm. just something, the natural like courses of life is going to put you into positions with people who are Mm like-minded. People who in the same likeness or the same way are motivated by something as well. You'll get around folk that got stuff going. Mm-hmm. You got something going. I got something going. Hey, bro, we can get something going together. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. we can get something, we can get something going together. And I think you once you get that motivated and that purposeful along that journey and that path, you'll start to shake up, ooh, I don't like that. That ain't my thing. No, that's cool for, that's your thing, but. That ain't my scamming. That ain't my thing. You know, 2013, <laughs>
1: <everybody's
2: there. laughs> three, I was 13. like that's not my thing. That's not my thing. Cool. Because I'm locked in to focus on what my thing is. Mm-hmm. I think you were asking me before we came on. I'm bringing this to answer your question. You were asking me before, like, hey, why didn't you do this? And I was like, there's so many plays I could have ran. Mm-hmm. There's so many plays that y'all could run right now. Thanks. <laughs> but you won't do it. Not that it's not profitable. Not that it may not be beneficial. Not that it may not be lucrative. It just ain't your play.
1: Mm, right.
2: It ain't my thing. That's cool if that's you, but it's not my thing. And I think our generation has to do a better job on just having that identity mm-hmm. piece. Of this is what mm-hmm. I want to be known for. Talk to them. This is right. what I stand for. This is what I'm about. And cool. I'm good with whatever comes about that because my name is on it and I'm good with just that. If my name's not on it, it's not something attached to something that's not good or not on the up and up,
1: I don't even want no parts. Dang.
2: Man, you just
1: said a whole hell of a mouthful real brother. Like, I just want to piggyback on a small portion of that because I really admire something from your story, too. Like, I love that you not only found something that you could be behind, but like stood on that. Like, I really want to point out the portion in the story where you was a poor college student and you started turning down money. Like, you started being like, no, this isn't part of my purpose. This isn't what I need to be doing with the club promoting. I'm going to this mental health direction. Like that's really monumental. And I feel like a lot of people need to like catch that out of the story because it's like not a lot of people would be willing to set down their checks to follow what was actually their purpose. Hmm.
2: I appreciate that, King. Thank you, man.
0: And mm-hmm. I just kind of want to talk about how you mentioned in there, like everything leads to something. Cause that's a theme we like to touch on in this podcast. Right. Cause like everybody, you know, we, as we feel like we waste time sometimes, mm-hmm. but there's no such thing as like a wasted experience in terms of like, Whenever you do something that it may not have been the most beneficial, mm. but it's going to help you along your journey. My mind went somewhere, bro. I ain't going to lie. You good.
2: No, <laughs> I think so much and so oftentimes we make it we really make business and life harder than what it is. There are some rudimentary. And again, everybody has their different views and religions and whatnot. But if you go back to the Bible itself, Mm -hmm. there, every book, every self-help book that you read takes principles from the Bible. Facts. Period. Every last one of them.
0: Go read Proverbs. You'll be anything.
2: What? Wisdom. (laughs) It goes back to the wisdom. It goes back to like timing. We were talking about seasons earlier, Mm -hmm. about moving in your season, when it's your time to move, like when it's not your time to move, when you don't feel it. Like there's something that we can't describe when it's, you know, when it's the opportunity, like this is my chance. I got to move. I got to do it now. Cause if I don't, I'm gonna miss my season. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I'll get this opportunity again. You got to move right then. Mm -hmm. Like there's something that if you're tuned in, if you like then your peanut gland is clean, you eating right, you move like you need to, you listening with your ear not just with your eyes. Mm -hmm. Like you really can undertake that and make the move that you need to make to like, make your legacy and your family Mm -hmm. great. And I think like, and what you're saying about the whole journey aspect to tie that in, we have to get back to like knowing what our thing is. That, that might be like my whole, that's my message for the day for the uh, podcast. Like for real, if we realize that, then we'll start having those expertise of people who, I'll give you an example. When you go up in the country, right, there's somebody that you know that fits cars. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. don't do nothing else.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He fits cars. That's it. He don't have no podcast. Nope. He ain't got no vlog. <laughs> he ain't got nothing about. He, he ain't, ain't got, a stock trader. He ain't got a stock trader. He, ain't, I mean, he don't have no, uh, what's it? The machines, the candy machines. The machines. Oh, the machines. Yeah. He don't do none of that. He fixes cards. That's what he does best. His 10,000 hours are put in on his expertise. Mm-hmm. That is his expertise. I think our generation, we don't focus on the expertise anymore. Somebody being an expert in that you will be beneficial and you will be fruitful in whatever you put your attention and focus in. If you got 10 buckets, one of your buckets is not going to be full because you can't put drops in every one of those buckets beside the bucket that's going to run. You got to choose your
1: horses in your race. So I have a question following with that. With people, how do you suggest that somebody listening to the podcast right now, they might be like, I have so many different talents. I have so many different things that I think that I can do well. How would you suggest that they narrow it down and figure out what is their thing that they need to go behind? What
2: it all comes need? back to one. I'm glad you asked that. What I had to learn within myself is I'm a talker. I've always been in front of people from the mm-hmm. time I was a kid. That's why I ended up being a host and a promoter. I knew everybody, but I had the voice. So it was easier for me to move crowds because I know Kobe. Like Kobe came and knocked on my dorm room. Kobe with Galaxy. Well, I, I know them. Like, I know Kobe. I talked to him. Like, I think. Anything that I am a part of that allows me to open up my heart and to open up my voice and speak what's from my heart, I'm always flourishing, because that's my gift. That means whether it's a podcast I start, whether it's speaking with young kids at a local community church or whatever, that's my gift. I would argue that a painter, no matter what he does with his hands and paint, it could be a mural, it could be something on the ground, like the Black Lives Matter um, mural that was in DC. Mm-hmm. Whatever he gets hand and paint, he's gonna flourish. Like I think, what happens with us is that we don't really focus on learning what the gift is, because once you find your gift, the purpose is the stream. Mm-hmm. Gift comes from the own high. Your purpose, what you're supposed to do with that gift, that's the flow, that's the stream. You got to get into the flow, get into the flow. What you're supposed to be using that gift for, you can monetize not the gift, but the purpose in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. BWR platform. Mm-hmm brand name, shirts, mentor programs, BWR Academy mm-hmm. is coming soon. <laughs> like what, Whatever you really move with that, but it starts with knowing your gift. This is what Facts. I do. This is mm-hmm. what I stand on. This is what I do with the gift, my purpose, how I go about it. The business aspect comes formulated later. Mm-hmm. We like to start the business. We do the business off of a passion And then we get frustrated when it's not purposeful. And then we let that
0: go. I got something
2: better for you, King. I got something even better for you. That's good too. We get frustrated when it's not purposeful and we mistake purpose for fruit. It was never supposed to be that. It was never supposed to be that. You're supposed to be doing what you love because you're supposed to be doing for the glory of something else. Then you got mad when it won't make no money when it was just a season. So now you forfeited the whole promise. You forfeited the whole purpose of the thing because it wasn't fruitful for two weeks.
1: Mm. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac, or drop a crispy fry between the car seats, or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't
0: a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's, I know he's talking to somebody right now because it's too many people, bro. That like they pick it up, put it down, pick it up, put it down. It's never going to get to a point where it's going to be sustainable. And I kind of want to like slide into your area of expertise now, my brother. Cause we was having like a great conversation before, like also about business and just mm-hmm. business in general. As we mentioned at the beginning, my brother Kobe is a business strategist. He's a consultant to like over what is it, 70 brands now? 70 businesses here. 271, 271 businesses across the nation. He's a business strategist. He helps people get their stuff together. And like yeah, as a legitimate business owner, if y'all don't know, we've been talking <laughs> about this stuff a lot lately. A lot of our people, we think a business is an LLC. And that's not the case. That does not mean you have a business. Mm-hmm. You have an entity. Mm-hmm. And I want my brother here to just kind of give out some game on just like, what are some of the things that you see so many of our entrepreneurs do wrong whenever we getting started? OK, so I'll go through a tweet. I think I tagged
2: you on it because I tagged you on a lot of so. So I'll go through a tweet that I did, and it was how to build a seven-figure business in seven tweets. First things first, we set up wrong with our entity types. So we think LLC sounds sexy and we'll post it on Facebook, the paperwork or whatever, which is a it's not even like the full formation. It's just literally you filed. And for some people, listen, we got to meet people where they are. You got started with something cool. But you really have to look at starting your entity type for your company that you want to do correctly because there's so many tax incentives for going C corp or S corp or any other other. Mm-hmm. I mean, even 501c6 as opposed to just 501c3 like we did. Like there really
0: are different tax so, benefits. Real quick, what's a 501c6?
2: It's a different form of so, for example, a lot of the organizations that handle like foundations, for example, mm-hmm. continuity funds, if you will. Things that kind of go, well, continuity funds will be an example. 501c6 is more like your foundations. Mm-hmm. Whereas a 501c3 is like another subsidiary or type of like nonprofit, if you will. It's kind of a different structure. You may mm-hmm. have a larger board and the way they go about doing business, for all the people who are probably going to fact check me, really the way they go about doing business is a little different. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit different. And depending on what your accountant says that you should go about with your nonprofit, he you may say 501c3. They say 501c6.
0: Just depend on what your actual Just plan depending is. Just depend
2: on what are you doing. Mm-hmm. For example, you ever seen like the nonprofits that have like basketball, they do basketball with kids and stuff like that. It's like mm-hmm. an academy, but you got to pay for that kid to be a part of that academy, mm-hmm. right? And you look at like churches, the majority of them are like 501c3s. They have donations, but it's really what funds the church or whatever mm-hmm. too. But it's not like a membership as like a basketball mm-hmm. nonprofit academy. That gives like an example. There's different forms. Really, the way that you go about doing business chooses your entity type. So, to give y'all the first block, I would say you have to figure out what business do you do? Are you going to be a digital coach? You should go escort. You should go into an entity that is conducive for tax breaks or tax benefits for one individual. Mm-hmm. You don't have 10 people working for you. You need to go a different route with your entity setup type so you're not getting killed in taxes. When money actually starts coming in, and a benefit of S Corp, I'm a huge fan of, especially in service based, because you put yourself on payroll, pay yourself a, a salary, the IRS is a legitimate salary mm-hmm. or sort of whatever you want to pay yourself. But at the end of the day, that yeah. kind of operates as a shelter as well. How? I'll break that down to you. So before we go to the next box, you and I started business together, mm-hmm. right? We started a company together. And in our first year, we said, but we're gonna go LLC, we're gonna get these trucks on the road. You know, I had to break it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're gonna get these trucks on the road, man. We about to do our thing, right? We ain't gonna do no payroll, though. We ain't, gonna, no, though. We ain't doing no payroll only. by everybody 1099. We're gonna start the business like that. We even pay, basically, we're not even gonna pay a 1099 for ourselves. We're not even gonna do that. We're just gonna take our money out the pot. On the draw. On this draw, for example. Well, the IRS comes back at the end of the year. Let's say we made a meal that year. We made a mill that year. We didn't set up no tax shelters. What are tax shelters go? A simple IRA, a 401k. We didn't put the money anywhere but back into the business. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's free game. Mm-hmm.
0: They're going to tax all that. They're
2: going to tax all that. Instead, what I do with my business owners, I with, as I say, hey, we know we're going to make a meal this year. So we're going to put you on 250 k salary. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go on 250 k salary. At the end of the year, instead of the whole loaf of bread being out there, We've already paid our Medicare, Social Mm -hmm. Security, FIT. We've already paid our taxes on the bit that we brought home. When we got the check, we ripped the check up, put the money back into the business. Mm -hmm. Put the money back. I'm saying a lot today. Put the money back into the business. We paid ourselves what we needed to satisfy for the actual payroll, but we kept the money and kept it actually in the business itself. We're the owners. Don't you have the bank account? I have the bank account. If you need some money for BWR, go to the bank account. Mm -hmm we kind of don't think about like, well, why would I do that anyway? The benefit is the money, the flows,
0: where you Mm -hmm. put the money into. There's taxed as two separate entities versus like the single member LLC where Mm -hmm. like a sole proprietorship, I seen a video that's talking about like, how this is considered a disregarded tax entity. And I have one of those. Mm -hmm. And I learned that like, basically what they're saying is all the money you touch gonna get taxed at 15%, regardless, correct? Mm -hmm. I think one of the benefits
2: that I tell people all the time is like, you have, your buckets, and I think y'all posted this one time. It's like you have your tax now, your tax letter, and your tax never buckets. Tax mm-hmm. never is like my favorite. That's your simple. That's your IRAs, mm-hmm. Roth IRA. That's your life insurance policy or whatever. So I tell a lot of people now, especially in this pandemic, it's like, hey, if you already had a tax never in place and you've been paying on that life insurance policy for a year, go in and get the money that you need out of your whole policy, and then you can move out of that. Like you want to, cause you can't take it out of your term cause term is like renting almost. Mm-hmm. But your whole policy, you can go take that money out. Y'all had a guy up here that was talking about uh, that. Yeah, my
0: brother Brandon, shout yeah. out to my brother Brandon. I yeah, think we just put it on the page.
2: Yeah, like, I mean, that's really the whole aspect of King Derek Grayson, what he talks about with in-home baking, you know, mm-hmm. like having these other avenues. So to get it back, cause it's, it's, we all love it, like really in the beginning, start with the correct entity type for your business mm-hmm. structure. Next step. Hire my wife, as I always say, get you a branding strategist coach. Get, all your, get everything on brand. If you're gonna have somebody paying for your product or service and you have a high ticket value for your service, make sure that your brand is everywhere. Anything that Master P
0: does, his brand is man. Owned. Master P is the the go to it, right? He's not
2: leaving anything out there that's unbranded. You're gonna know that it came from him, you're gonna know that it's minority owned, whatever the case may be. Brand all your stuff early on. So if it does go viral, which isn't a plan, going viral is not a plan. That's not a a marketing strategy is a plan. Like whatever the case may be, if it's seen, it's going to be branded the way it needs to be. So I always say hi to my wife next. And then next thing that we do is we going to actually having systems. Mm. We were talking about this before. Like it's a huge key because without systems, we just have a hustle.
0: Facts. Mm-hmm.
2: We don't have a business. We have a hustle. We have something that we post inside all the group chats and we ask people to come and buy. And then when they ask you about the website or they ask, you, can they send you an email? Oh, you can just DM me. You can just cash at me. Uh-huh. Just cash at me, DM me, whatever the case may be. No, we get our systems in place. For my coaches and my consultants, get DubSato. It's a phenomenal platform to be able to use. It's a CRM platform where you can do your invoice and all in one place. I can send out my package proposals. Mm-hmm. It's a phenomenal platform. If you're if you're not quite there yet, where you can pay the cost for that on a monthly basis, get Acuity. Set I up love your, Acuity. Set up you an Acuity calendar. You can scale that Acuity calendar too. Hey, I had Acuity for a while. Like until you outgrow mm-hmm. the platform, like you're gonna have to have different systems and different technologies at every level of your business. Talk about it. Like every mm-hmm. level you go to, you're gonna have to have something that can support that more. And that's really when you know the fruit of the business. And that's what really should be driving your prices and your package is not, it's not just, this is my bare bones price in my service or package, but you got to pay for the type of technology that I'm paying for mm-hmm. to even be on this level. And I charge based off of that. And that's really just like, folks oh, on,
0: talk about that concept. Like that really is like how you charge based on what your service is. Like and- incorporate yeah. what you're actually paying for into yeah. passing mm-hmm. that off to the customer. Cause that's what Big businesses do. That's exactly what they do. It's not, they don't just charge you. I made a t-shirt.
2: It cost me $15 to make a t-shirt. So I'm going to sell it to you for $10 profit at 25. Nah, I had to get it from Pakistan. I had to go over there and meet with the dudes and sit down and find the best, like the best quality. Is it 70% cotton mm-hmm. bling? Is it polyester, whatever? Like, nah, you paying for all them flights. This shirt going to be $45. Mm-hmm. It's going to be branded. It's going to be quality. And my client ultimately is going to shop with me because they know I put that, Value into my product. I put that value into what it is that I created, so they'll pay forty-five dollars for a shirt.
1: And I think a lot of people sleep on that. Like, just I don't know if it's just because they don't think long-term as far as as far as their brand goes, but like that's huge. Because like if you're factoring in all the different stuff as far as the software as you're paying for, it, how much did it cost to get the website built? How is the actual quality of your systems and different things like that? That's what makes your business look professional versus looking just like you said like a hustle
2: man i think for me even at that step like I, as i think about the tweet and i think about like my regular conversations i have with owners it's all a flow it really is all a flow like mm-hmm. if you take your time with this thing take your time with your business you'll naturally go along the flow but again we oftentimes start businesses out of a, we try to we,
0: skip steps we
2: have a pandemic mm-hmm. going on in our own mind we got a pandemic going on in our own mind and i have to make money and have to make money now. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I'm willing to risk my name. The only thing is my dad told me growing up that I have, I'm willing to risk my name and put out some BS as opposed to taking the time to really like, study my thing, make sure I'm putting out quality. There's no problem with 10 x Grant Cardone getting started and going fast. There's no problem with that. But even Grant Cardone would tell you, your stuff has to be branded, has to be on point. The way that you show up, you don't get an opportunity to come and show up again. Oh, I come into the building myself kind of janky. I'm going to give you this 100% cotton shirt. It's going to shrink when you watch it. It's going <laughs> to be hard, whatever. I'm gonna, and I'm only talking about like that, man, yeah. because we all know about yeah, t-shirts. Yeah, exactly. right, right,
0: right.
1: I'm
2: going to come back next week, but I got a whole new shirt. It's the same price. It's different quality. I spent time on it with the Pakistan. I got this. I'm thinking about one of my clients that does a lot with Pakistan. Whatever. It's quality. Ah, bro, you just sold me. This, this, this dark, is, yeah, me, janky, nah. Right, <laughs> me. I don't get a second opportunity to prove my face in my name. Facts. That client is gone. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. And you better hope- now they're not going to refer to nothing. No, oh my God. <laughs> they're not going to refer Like, there's no, you don't get the social proof of even the work that you did put in because you didn't put the hard work in, obviously. So, I mean, I think those are the first aspects of business. That's it. Construction. Mm-hmm. I deal with a lot of construction clients. I deal with clients from all different industries. Like, Law firms, my real estate agents, whatever, you get that one opportunity to really kind of seal your fate in somebody's mind. And it is your job duty and task to make sure that you solidify when you came stepping, you came all the way. It's better for you to be, and even my barbers, and I love working with them when I can. It's so hard because they, it's that cash money. Yeah. But like, you can be a barber and be a multi-million dollar barber and not even like, really? Not even... Have a celebrity client. Mm. Here's how your systems, your calendar, your booking, mm-hmm. your rates, your array of services that you provide, your lease for your building, your folks who pay you for those spots, mm-hmm. and your and you can literally have a multi-million dollar barbershop, salon, if you will. And I would argue that you don't even have to show up every day.
0: Is mm. the owner. Probably not. If you, you got all these other
2: things set up and you have your select clients that are coming paying you a hundred dollar pop. Every time you come in, you do not have to. And I, I think that's one of the things that we talk about again, like systems, your systems allow you to make money when you're not there. Mm-hmm. Your systems allow you to know how much money you're going to mm-hmm. make next week. I know how much money I'm gonna make when I wake up. Cause I'll look at my
0: calendar and it's like you said, it's a already system. There.
2: It's a system. Mm-hmm. I'll look at my invoices. I'll look at the proposals that have already been sent out. I'm able to then scale based
0: on what's already been done. Like it really comes down to a numbers game. Mm. Thanks. So Kobe, I do kind of want to ask you, man. Like, so we talking like, you know, growing a business, making sure you're structuring properly and all these things. Mm. So I'm thinking like, I'm thinking of an entrepreneur, you know, somebody who maybe they just getting started. They got some profits. Mm. They are not really structured up yet. What would be your advice to them to like get started and make sure they staying on the right path?
2: I would say get a great EA, a great EA or an accountant. A EA is an enrolled agent. That's what me and my wife had personally. An enrolled agent is the highest designation that you can receive with the IRS. Mm-hmm. Uh EA used to be really big back in the day. You don't hear about them as much anymore. If you find a good one, keep them. Mm-hmm. You don't hear about them as much as you used to. So we have an EA and we also have an accountant. We have both. My EA is phenomenal. A lot of strategies like paying your kids on payroll, taking advantage of the family help. I wouldn't even call it an act. It's just a policy that you can do, really. Things like that, that nature, like you can really leverage the knowledge of paying for a consultation with an accountant at any point. I think the biggest thing I would tell somebody who comes to me and we have a consultation and we sit down and they're struggling and going to the next level in business, I would say, God, it's hard. It's hard to say this because most people aren't willing to do it. Like you have to be willing to let the band-aid be pulled back Mm -hmm. and recognize and know that the solution that may take to heal it may not be something that you know how to do.
0: Mm.
2: We leverage our strengths, we outsource our weaknesses. Talk to them. Like we leverage our strengths, but we outsource our weaknesses. And what that means is that. I am an expert of the entire aspect of my business because I have an expert in that area of the business. I don't even have to pay them on payroll. I have them within my area and grasp so that if his consultation is $150 an hour, I know I'm going to get everything I need in that $150 an hour to implement in my business. If this is an accountant, if this is what he does, he's an expert in his field, let me bring in an expert. That, let's say it's a, a trucker, for example, or logistics, if you will, I'm not an expert in taxes. I'm an expert in logistics. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go get somebody's expert in taxes. I'm not an expert in HR. I'm going to either go get a payroll platform that has an HR solution, a part of it, or I'm going to hire part time a, a SHRM certified specialist. That's the highest designation when it comes to HR, who knows about hiring and firing folks, who can run whatever technology that I put in place for the business, mm-hmm. because that is that individual's expertise. I'm going to go and find the experts for the business. Really, the secret to having a seven-figure business is having systems that are set up and conducive to be used by experts within their own area of expertise and craft to make sure that, like tentacles, every arm is strong within the business. There's no Mm -hmm. weak points. There's no joints that can easily be broken in the business because there's an expert that's over that department. And now with technology and the platforms that we have now, you don't have to have all areas connected totally. You can have an expert in the area who don't know anything about another individual that you have working for your company, they're just an expert in their field. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And somebody who's just starting out that has a little bit of profit or some bit of profit, I would start with a strategist. So let me break this down. So like the difference between now when you look on social media and you look at these folks, you have folks who are strategists, you have folks who are consultants, Mm -hmm. you have folks who are coaches. I'm all three depending on what the client may need. Mm -hmm. A strategist sits down with you on a discovery call. Discovery call, I'm a strategist. I'm trying to figure out exactly what it is that you want based off of your questionnaire. Uh, What is it that you're looking for? And I'm beginning the process of saying that's where you should go. Mm -hmm. I may not be the best fit for you. Somebody else may be the best fit. I'm going to point you to that individual. That's a strategist. Or I'm going to point you to, hey, you should try Dubsado. You should try Acuity. You should Mm -hmm. try LinkedIn Sales Navigator to get more clients in your coaching business. Like You should get in the group chats, whatever. Mm -hmm. Strategist. That's a,
0: that's. I'm not really making you do anything. Yeah. I'm giving you I'm looking I'm an outside pair of eyes looking and like, OK, this is where I see you can boom, boom, boom and make something better. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm giving you the directions mm-hmm. to get there. When I'm a consultant, I'm sitting with you instead of saying, hey, a strategist says, hey, it's at the light. Turn left. You'll be there. As a consultant, I'm pulling out that map with you. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting down with you with that map and saying, hey, you see this right here? You're going to bust a left over there. You're going to see that stoplight. When you get to that stoplight, it's only like 40 miles per hour. So don't go through there flying. Yeah, Take your time when you mm-hmm. go through there. Like that is a consultant. Like this is the processes. This is how you should get there. And I promise you, you'll get there. Oh, and by the way, when you get there, here's my phone number. Tap in. I want to make sure you get there. I want to make sure you get to your goal. A uh, Coach, I'm telling you where to go. hmm I'm showing you how to get there
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I'm getting in the car with you to make sure that you get there.
0: Accountability. Mm-hmm.
2: Accountability. A coach is literally I'm walking that thing out with you. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm gonna be, and a coaching package to break that down, a coaching package guys may be 5K. It may be 10K. But if that 5K or 10K package ends up making you a million dollars in your first year. Will you be mad? It was worth it. Yeah. A Consulting package may be a two hour, I charge $300 for a two hour consultation, but you may take that play and run with it, and run it up, you may make 30K. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. A strategist may be a 20-minute discovery call to find out if that's even a fit, or first and foremost, is this even something you really should be doing? Mm-hmm. As your heart, are you really ready for what comes with this? Mm-hmm. I think we, once we look at it from that focal point, and my wife really shared that with me, she's absolutely phenomenal what she does. Once I really understand it more, what she did from a coaching standpoint, mm-hmm. and the different avenues of being an entrepreneur for four years, I started to understand, okay, how this is where i as a consultant. And then when I started building an associate's, this is how we're going to be as coaches.
0: I'm glad yeah. you're breaking down the differences in the phases of it, bro. Because like, you know, a lot of times we think of like all these different people talking about helping you in business. We don't really oh, see the do. the different the different aspects of it, like mm-hmm. a strategist. A so I like that you broke that down. And I really want to like talk about it some more because what you're talking about right now is something that's so crucial and so And We spoke on it before was like... uh the lack of black business owners really wanting to invest in that business into those types of people, like really wanting mm-hmm. to take that time and putting that money up. We had a guest, uh, episode 78, Tyron McDaniel, the name of the episode is investing mm-hmm. expertise. And he was sharing a message similar to what you're saying. It's like, you can't build a business off free game in YouTube university. You can come and read on black Wolf Renaissance all day, but you can go watch YouTube videos all day, Mm -hmm. but you, at one point, if you want to see traction growth and all that, you're going to have to invest in somebody like, like my brother's saying, a consultant, a coach, somebody who, who has a grander vision in you because as an entrepreneur, it's easy to get tunnel vision. Whenever Mm you the one that's really trying to do the work and trying to figure out everything with your business, you may not see something that somebody with an outside pair of eyes can see. And we really need to like get into that bag more. Just like, investing in people?
2: I think, I think one thing that's so important that you share on that point of getting back and investing in the people is you're investing in the results. Like I think we kind of look at it as I can't pay somebody $5,000 to sit with me for seven weeks or like one of my 12K packages. So I can't pay somebody 10K to sit with them for 14, 16 weeks. But it's like, don't you hate your job? Ooh. ain't you like, tired of like having to spend a year making only $35,000 a year? Like you got to kind of look at it at that standpoint and say, I'm not investing in, I am invest- investing in a person's company, but more so I'm investing in my own future. Mm-hmm. I'm investing in my own expertise and I'm investing in the credibility of what this person has and does that I've seen what they can do for another client. That can be me too. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times what happens in these, like, Early stages, couple of weeks of a coaching uh, package that a client may come to me for or whatever, is I'm really working on giving them the expertise that they need in their area. But I'm trying to convince them that they're worth it. I could believe yeah. it, bro. I'm trying to convince them that, hey, you can charge this for your expertise. You can. You <laughs> are worth it, Zach. That is a lot of our businesses. Mm-hmm. We really don't know our own worth and identity in our business, even with the owners, you're early on trying to work on that part from a coaching standpoint with those individuals. Most times the consultations are with folks who are already, they're already high net worth individuals, but the business blew up so fast. COVID happened and things boom, mm-hmm. bigger than we could have expected, or a huge growth, um, a growth spurt, or you secured a, your first government contract and you need a purchase order now for a million dollars to be able to secure the contract. Like, whatever the case may be, like now we're having a conversation to aggressively in that consultation, get to the solution that you need to secure the bag. Mm -hmm. But those coachings, like that is where you're really getting into the nitty gritty. And that's the beautiful thing I was telling you too, is that you as a consultant or a coach, your credibility rests on like your first big, big client. Like it really having your first seven-figure, six-figure client, six-figure huge, but like your first seven-figure client, because we think a million is so much, it's not really a lot. In the grand scheme of things. It's not a lot. But your first seven-figure client as a coach is so huge because that's the social proof that people can tie to is like, hey, this person can now speak on my behalf and say, hey, he's good. This is what he did. This is what it meant to my business. And I think, again, to tie back into what you were saying, we got to stop looking at just, I'm paying somebody this amount. I look at our lives, ourselves, turn that mirror, mental mm. health. Let's go mental health. Turn that mirror back on yourself and say, am I worth it? Am I worth taking a sacrifice and risk now that could change the latter half of my entire life? If I'm going to spend this much on Louis, Fendi, Prada, booths, bottles, Ace of Spade, whatever, trips. All and these things, all, all this, like, how can I make my life better here mm-hmm. where I'm at every day?
0: Instead of trying to escape. And so, mm
2: and that's deep and you win this every day though like you've seen this every day you hate this every day you hate where you live every day you hate your job every day you hate your kids like
0: <laughs> it's you trying to escape without a plan it's not gonna work
1: not gonna work
0: God somebody no. know
1: Whew. so uh, just a question from like i guess with your experience with your clients and stuff who was one of the first? I don't know if you're at liberty to give us exact names. Maybe you could tell us the story, but like can you tell us one of your first clients that had like that break that it was like cool? My man, brother, this can be my social proof. My
0: brother, he right around the he corner. Right the
1: corner.
2: <laughs> like Ooh. so, like Alpha Twist Construction, Jimmy Bodies was one of my like first, first clients that broke through. We celebrated him two weekends ago, his first huge, huge, huge year, seven-figure year. I can talk about him because this is my brother. I hey We're about to
0: get Jimmy on the pod soon. <laughs> I just want y'all to know. He's he literally in the building with us. <laughs> I, can, I can talk about him I
2: want to. That's my guy. Like, I think, like, him, for example, that was so huge to me because it was somebody I really gravitated with, I really rocked with. Um, I can say that I met that was right here in Dallas. You know what I'm saying? I think every entrepreneur has different avenues of what they do. Like, whatever. And he has a lot of things going, to, But when you lock in, again, like we are talking about, this is my thing. This is what I do. Like, that is so huge for individuals. And I know now, even him, like, he's so about giving back. Like, he's huge. He's a member of Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. He's like really huge with giving back. And it's just dope to be able to be a part of somebody else's journey. Like, we always talk about like people's successes and whatnot. And we kind of talk about it from a sense like, I can't wait for mine. Mm-hmm. But I think as a generation, as the people, we have to really celebrate those who do it the right way, who took the steps who went the harder route. Uh, I forgot what that song was called, Hardaway. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Therese Deshaun, like, who went the harder way with it, and they did it, like, celebrate those type of kings. Mm-hmm. Like, those are the people who want to tout. So I can definitely say him, I'm one of the first. And I have, like, I got three or four that's in the – on the way, yeah, it's yeah. like – on the way, I, we got to see first if this shutdown is going to happen. I know it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. It's gonna happen.
0: I'm, I'm waiting. I'm kind of waiting on that type of that stuff too. I'm trying to see.
2: I don't know. I think, I think it's gonna be January for Texas. I
0: don't, I think y'all, y'all governor was kind of big talking. He said, "Man, Texas open." Man, I don't know what don't y'all talking about. I don't know, man. Yeah, see, like I said, I got
2: a, co- I got a couple folks in the cut that's like tinkering on it. They, they bought there, but like the pandemic mm-hmm. and shutdown and stuff too. That's kind of like looming over it as well. If they're not in the digital space, like
0: mm-hmm. if they're not in the digital space. If you was digital when the pandemic started, man, that's.
2: Yeah, but I but then, then too, you look at like construction industry, construction boom, real logistics boom, yeah, the logistics. I mm-hmm. completely just boom, like when um, everybody was rushing and taking all the food off the shelves at the grocery stores and stuff, gotta get more in the store, man. People who mm-hmm. had them trucks, people who were doing Amazon, uh, freight, like, man, I know a couple of people who were doing Amazon and then freight and then Amazon with the um. Dropshipping. Mm-hmm. Who doing the dropshipping uh, part two? Yeah, yeah. FBA, yeah, I was trying to get it now, I couldn't get it out, but like FBA, I know one in particular in Charlotte, North Carolina, like boom, when the pandemic hit, but before they couldn't hit a lick. Hmm. That's,
1: the F- and that's crazy how that opportunity to be born out of like, you know, a bad situation.
2: I forgot who it was that said, Um, I think it was Sun Tzu, out of the Art of War, it's one of my favorite books. Man,
0: that's a great book.
2: One of my favorites, man. I think it was Sun Tzu that was talking about in every distress, it depends on what version you're listening to the book. And it's a hard read. Every distress is an opportunity or something like mm-hmm. that. Like in every, every victory, there's still some loss. Like, look at how many people that we know who are celebrities or whatever, and they pop, but then somebody passed away or something. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's just a part of the season, man. It's a part of life.
0: Yeah, I like how you bring it back to that, bro. Just, it goes, everything is seasons. Cause that like, even with that, like you saying, whenever it's a great loss, It's like this. I done said this before. It's like, whenever you take an L and like you notice the story of successful people, if they took an L, it's usually a big L right before like their greatest W. And then a great W just propels them to heights that like they ain't never seen before. It's all just a season.
2: And you got to, and you got to rock with the season. Like I would argue, I was telling my wife this, like my wife is my best friend. She's my business partner. She's everything to me. And we were having a conversation about like positioning during covid Mm-hmm. Like how you position yourself right now in 2020 is going to determine what your life is going to look like 60 years from now. 60 years from now, you're going to look back, God allows you to live that long, and look at 2020 and what you did from this entire year. You guys realize that we still have another 30 days left in this year? The world <laughs> has literally slowed down.
0: Real talk. Literally
2: bro. slowed down. You didn't do what during this time? You've been inside that. If you've really been quarantined, we know everybody ain't been quarantined, but like if you really been on it like you're supposed to be on it,
0: you should have learned
2: something. No, yo, you should have learned something. You should have read about 25, <laughs> 30 books by now. You should have been on BWR every day trying to figure out your life so you can live better. Like, whatever. Like, the world has been sold down and the keys have truly, the reins of your life have truly been put in your hands. You're working from home for most people. You don't even have that many wrap-up calls that have to tune in for my corporate folks. Like you're literally at home. You literally had to build an in-home office. How many people before COVID had an in-home office? Everybody has an in-home office now, regardless of the fact. Like, you gotta look at it and be like, okay, what did I do? Mm-hmm. What accountability did I take for my future going forward during this time period? So, I mean, I think that's just my thing. Whether it's another shutdown, whether we move into another recession, like him, 500, been talking about positioning yourself to be recession-proof, uh, get your credit right, get your trade lines going, get into things that no matter what are recession-proof businesses that are, regardless, it's going to make money. Where people eat, where people stay, commodities, investing in those commodities. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's just some simple bare bones things if we slow down and just kind of look at it.
0: Slow down, look at it, pay attention, man. There's too much opportunity out here, this pandemic, like my boy uh, Ty Millie say. It ain't a just a pandemic, it's a pandemic. It was like a large, mm-hmm. great transfer of wealth that occurred. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. just even thinking like with coronavirus, you're making me think like wherever yeah. shit went when shit hit the fan on March 23rd, I think yeah. that's the specific date. Yeah. And the market hit yeah. the bottom. Much. If you would have bought something, anything at that time, anything, like, chances are you probably would have doubled your money, just like that, the way how shit went. And that was just we having a little bit of foresight and making a move in just this time. I think about next year, two years, 10 years from now, if you kept on to them same things, Apple went down to $100 a share again in the middle of this I mean, pandemic. I
2: who've, gotten, who've gotten rich just off of Tesla. Never invested in the stock market before, but they invested in Tesla
0: and got rich. Like It's too many opportunities That's out there. Facts. Man, Kobe, bro. We really appreciate this. This has been a great episode. So I want to pivot to the last segment of the show now, bro. So I want to ask you, what's something on your timeline that you want to speak on, my brother? It could be anything. So I'm
2: super huge on like building a company with my wife or building an associate. So we are going to start doing like a seven week challenge for couples. I love so it. will be engaged and married couples because oftentimes with like businesses, you like in our case, we both came in as entrepreneurs and business owners into mm-hmm. our marriage but everybody doesn't flesh and miss well with their actual spouse in business. It's just a reality. So we're actually going to have the seven week challenge that coming up. It's going to start off in January where we really like brain engaged and married couples in. And we do it that way because these are folks who already have some level of commitment mm-hmm. to each other. Mm-hmm. Dating is, I mean, it's great, but until-
0: son, the, man, I can't slide this, in there, man. I got, I got my girl, man. I want to come see come what's on. popping. Hey, man, hey, I, I'm trying to get all
2: my friends married. Come on, so we can do it. It's dope, you know, doing the married thing together, the couples together. This thing right here is serious. Like, this thing is serious. That holds a lot of weight for men too. You got to lead. You got to lead for real. So um, I'm excited about us doing that because we're allowing the opportunity for people to really see kind of how we move in the inner workings of our marriage, as well as coaching and business to make sure that people are like changing their destiny for their kids growing up. I believe you cannot have a successful marriage and not have a successful business. It really is two and the same. It's a covenant, but it's two and the same. So that communication aspect is really transferable over the business as well. So I'm excited about that. We are continuing to do our VIP days as well. So um, my wife has been doing some amazing stuff with it. Really virtual. We're having an eight hour session. Literally, that's when you pay for the ticket. We are with you for eight hours, walking that thing out from A to Z in your business, whether it's branding, website design, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. We're really walking that thing out for you. So even since COVID, we've had to make a pivot of course with the in-person stuff. Y'all know Texas is crazy right yeah. now. But I'm um, really excited about continuing to just educate people and plant those seeds with the way that we go about our coaching, the way that we approach it. Because you have people like the success stories I, I shared today that, man, listen, it may not be for everybody, but that one somebody. And think about their kids, think about their family. Now. Change the whole trajectory. Change the things. whole trajectory.
0: So it's all worth it, man. I love it. Man, man, you, ooh, man. Hey fellas, my brothers, if you engage, I'm not engaged. I'm I'm come on, man, I, I'm come not on, engaged like- yet. I ain't going I ain't, going to, I ain't <laughs> engaged yet. We, we about to make a year. but look, hey, we if you a brother, you got you trying to be serious with that, like my brother said, you trying to lead, you trying to get into this business stuff. I'm definitely about that challenge, man. I think I love that. I love that initiative. Because that's sure. another thing I think we don't talk about enough as black people, as black men, that role of leadership as a man. And I love that you touched on that, bro. Uh, man, I'll make sure that I get whatever my, uh, marketing collateral we have.
2: I'll get that over to you guys because, man, we got, especially, I'm a, a huge advocate for men. I know we got a lot of stuff going on in the world and I've been that guy. I've survived two suicide attempts. I know how it is, as men. But as black men, man, if we start having more conversations and opening up about, man, this is how you're supposed to do this, young blood. Like mm-hmm. this, is, this is how you're supposed to walk this out. This is what this looks like in conversation. You don't do this with your queen. You move like this. Mm-hmm. If we move that We would have more Sustain and fulfilled men growing up that won't just go and give their bodies away for all these women this and the third we would have more what do we say uh we would have more people who are whole mm-hmm. We would have mm-hmm. more men who are whole and they move that way and i wasn't always that guy yeah so i can't sit here and say that either but I think if we do that, it's going to stand over into business. Mm-hmm. It's going to stand into family. You're going to see kings out there with their kids in the park more. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? With their whole family more, more units together. I, I think it's going to be a beautiful thing. Their finances is going to be tight because now you know how to move as a unit. If two, right. um, how can, I, I think the Bible says, how can two uh, be together? If they're not unequally yoked. If they unequally yoked. Yeah, unequally yoked yep. You can't, like, you got to be equally yoked in business with people too. Like, it's it's the same It's the same dynamic, man. I I don't want to hold y'all forever, but I'm huge on the family dynamic. We have to unlearn and relearn. Mm. We got to, like, implement new strategies. We got to do things a new way. So the next generation, post-pandemic in the world, don't have to come up the same way we did. And us. Dealing
0: with the same childhood traumas, dealing with all the same things that.
2: Same thing your granddaddy went through. Your daddy went through them. you the you the same way as Willie yeah, Earl. You just, just a keeper, <laughs> keep <her. laughs>
0: just yeah, like Willie
2: Earl. <laughs> that's
0: a cut ass name, man. right there. <laughs> just like Willie Earl,
2: but yeah, man, we got we got kings. You all take it serious. That's the best investment hey. I made.
0: Message.
1: I, I had good. to give it to my brother again, hey, man. Hey, nah, no, that's a real one though. That's a real message like that. That was a deserved one. Like I even meant like, I had seen some things in this past week that just made me real proud, just of Black men in general, like, especially the ones that I know that are in business. Like, I met one that, like, he had bought his wife, you know, or bought his his uh, baby mama a brand new car for, you know, them to be able to ride around and stuff just through what he had been doing with flipping houses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But she needed that, you know what I'm saying? They needed mm-hmm. that so that they could travel safely. And him being good in business and knowing exactly what he was doing was, or, not knowing exactly what he was doing, but figuring it out, allowed him to be able to provide that for him. Like I met another one who was in trucking and like he was able to provide different things for his wife because she worked at the same kind of similar job as me. But like, I just see a lot more black men being able to be great and being that provider role in our generation because of the fact that they're being exposed to all this different information and becoming better businessmen as well.
2: I think that's huge, King. And the fact that you like, we're able to recognize that and see that this week, all within a week. I say everything happens in numbers, man. Like, if I see something two times, I know that third time I'm coming, I need to make a move. So I don't know if you married yet. That might be your scene, nobody yet.
1: Somebody that's me, that's it. what it is. That's what it is. I, <laughs> that's my statement.
2: I, oh. I didn't know. He called me off guard. I ain't going to count. Man, listen, when you, uh, I honestly got you, man. I, I know y'all trying to give me off here, but I'm telling you, bro, like when you take that step and you got somebody who their interest is not no longer a self-interest, your best interest is their best interest. Mm-hmm. Even a friend don't move the same way as somebody you sleep in the bed with. They got to be on one accord with you. They got to be. When somebody books a discovery call on keesontilford.com, it don't matter. That's still my discovery mm-hmm. call. Somebody books on either one of our independent subsidiary websites, whatever. That's our client. That's, man. It's a partnership. It's a partnership. People don't really move like that, bro. Like they should. For real. Hey, Amen. How are you going to be unlikely yo with who you put your body into? Ooh. And you expect oh. to be fruitful.
0: Oh my, Oh mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. and bro, you you just touched on something. because like I do want to talk more about that concept too with really, it, like with manhood. So like one thing, whenever like growing up, you know, a lot of times with manhood, your idea of it is that actually, you know, it's how many, motor, how bro, many women 100%. how many women I can sleep with? How many? Up, like, but then like once mm-hmm. you learn, it's kind of like uh I had a moment like you, whenever you said you felt unfulfilled mm-hmm. that's what I realized all that is for you and that's the like the trick I feel like that is played on us as men and that's like what leads to us devaluing that family structure because like we don't want to take on the responsibility and the the idea and that that fullness that comes with being with a single partner it's glorified to be a hoe basically mm-hmm. I ain't gonna call it no pimp you're a hoe
2: I mean I think one thing too I was telling um I was telling because I'm one of the first of my group of friends who came out of college that were all they were Greek. I had friends that were Greeks, the top athletes. You know how it is when you in college, you a co-promoter, you in your booth, I'm in my you cool, I'm mm-hmm. cool too. Whatever. I think one thing that I share with a lot of my guys is that you have to get your champion, your woman. I wanted a dark-skinned wife, so I got a dark-skinned wife. That's no knock to anybody else, but I wanted mm-hmm. what I got. And I sought after what I got. I wanted a woman who already had a business. She was business-minded. I married a business owner. If I wanted something, I shouldn't go settle for something less than what I wanted. Why is it that women can be the only ones that have standards, but guys don't have standards <clears> for themselves? <throat> and I can't hold you to the accountability of the standard that I set. And if not, then I'm not the guy for you. That's fine. That's cool. We have to get back to holding those standards as men as well and demanding that. And then understanding if that person can't move to that cowboy that rate, one, it may not be the season, but two, it may not be the person, but you can't get settled and locked in. And then now... That, no, I don't want to get all in this. Like, but then now she's pregnant and you with somebody that you never truly loved to begin with. Don't mm-hmm. drag, don't create another family and make a mistake or whatever, and start in a family that you never intended on finishing and going the long mm-hmm. route right with. So as kings, we gotta hold ourselves accountable. We gotta be if I see you, you married, you my guy, we out at night, and I see you fighting with the waitress, and it's just the guys tonight, and you like, bro. Come on, bro. Yeah. What you doing, King? Like. I can't call you king because you're not moving like one right now, but you my guy. And I know you got a kid. I know you got a wife at home, and the decisions you're making right now, they ain't conducive to your future. Mm-hmm. So you got to go do that somewhere on your else. You can't do it to me. It ain't saying I'm a snitch. It's just saying that you can't be around me moving like that because that's affecting the energy of how I move with me and mine. And I think we don't do that as black men as villains. Thanks. We don't do that accountability piece old school. Y'all from the country. I talk with y'all like mm-hmm. we family here. Y'all remember back in the day, an old deacon of the church or your old granddaddy or something, when something was going on, they pull you aside. They pull up on you. They come out, hey, y'all, y'all, let me come talk to you for a second. We don't do that no more. We got to stay cool. People don't want nobody talking to their children other than them. Don't want nobody talking to you. Or whatever. And I get it, but at the same time, as a man, again, as a king, you got to answer to something that's on high because mm-hmm. you have somebody that's expecting you to leave. If you don't have no mentor or nobody older than you to hold you accountable, if you knocking your wife's head around the house or whatever, if you don't have nobody to answer to, then who's she going to call? Mm. The benefit of that is that I now have a community. It takes a village, right? It takes a village to continue to help a family. Like, she knows she can call the guy who married us, our married life group, live by was telling you about whatever. Like, hey, Kobe, you he didn't get it right. Somebody going to pull up on my door. Hey, not, nah, not. Nah. What's up, King? Let me ask you real quick and you want that accountability because mm-hmm. you're gonna have to have that in business
0: too. Facts,
2: you know what's right. called in the business the Internal Revenue Service,
0: <laughs> <laughs> they they gonna be there, they gonna follow for you, they will hold you accountable. Honest guy, too, five, five six six years later.
1: Three oh, no, with
2: it. All right, all honest guy, too, or the police. Facts, so I mean. I think that's just my thing. I know he didn't want to get off on that, but like, honestly, when I come and talk to y'all, I'm on y'all story every day. I'm and everything. It's like family when I come here. I think those are some very like elementary, basic life principles mm-hmm. that people forget about stuff when they move into business. Like I've literally sat with people who could not close six
0: figure deals because they would not marry. Mm. Talk about that. Because people don't, they always act like it's not a real thing, but it is a real thing. Married men make more money typically. Man, listen, there are people, especially in
2: Dallas, Dallas, old money. Go over there to the Highland Park. That's mm-hmm. old money. That's not new money over there. Frisco is new money. The Highland Park over there is old money. I've, been, I've sat in meetings and I've been in places and spaces with individuals who are having those kinds of conversations. And there was no other reason why the deal didn't get closed. There was no other reason why I didn't come across the board until the person started asking, like, how are your kids, where your kids go to school? How long you been married? When you deal with people who like billionaires, like, and I've only met like a, a few that are close to billionaires. Mm-hmm. I know plenty of millionaire homeboys can call them, but I'm talking about folks who have that caliber of money. Like Eric Thomas was talking about one of his podcasts. Like you start dealing with people who care about your values. Mm-hmm. And I trust you with this mm-hmm. kind of money. Have you committed to something? How do you take care of your kids? Are oh, y'all separated? Cool what school your kids go to? You better know it.
0: How often you see them. How old, yeah. is, how
2: old is your youngest? How old is your oldest? Like when you start getting into those kind of conversations and stuff like that, they want to know your life because they want to know if I'm getting a partnership with this, how are you going to stay committed to me? Mm-hmm. Is this a little bit of money going to turn your character? Oh, whenever something, something else happens, little, you could just, yeah. That little sweet thing going to make you act, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, they want to know that. And a lot of people, like I said, like we don't get that until we get into business, until we get to those levels again that we start having those conversations. But that's the honest guy, true, bro. It's like, what's your character? Like Nipsey even said that like, a lot. Like, what's your code? Mm-hmm. A lot of the reason why Nipsey went the way he did and did what he did. To, I feel like it's because he lived by a code. Facts. He lived by a standard. Like, regardless of what people disagree with, he had a code and he stuck by it. You can respect it.
0: True. Man. This has been just amazing, my brother. I, I love this episode. I'm glad we had this conversation. This is a conversation we don't have on this podcast often, but we need to more, and I'm you glad can. you you pushed it here. So, Kobe, my brother, I just want to say thank you I'm glad to so here, much That's for great. coming on the pod, bro. Can you please let the people know, like, I know somebody that listen to this thing. They want to know how they can get in contact with you to work with you, my brother. So can you let them know where they can find you at on social media, how they can get plugged in with you and your services, how they can get plugged in with you and your wife's challenge that y'all got? Just plug it all in, my brother. For sure. So you can check us out at kobe,
2: C-O-L-B-Y, boon, boon com. My wife's website is K-H-E-I-S-T-O-N, Keiston, last name Tilford, T-I-L-F-O-R-D.com. I I changed that last name three months ago. Um, (laughs) Boone and you can get in contact with us for the challenge. Book a discovery call. In the discovery call, and the questionnaire, it'll pretty much have services, of course, if you want to do a consultation with either one of us or you want to do a coaching. But throughout the actual questionnaire, you'll be able to say, hey, I want to be a part of the program that you guys have coming up in January. Me and my fiance, whatever the case may be, or husband, wife, uh, we love to have you. That is the goal that we have is being able to change the trajectory of families. And uh, we believe it starts within this dynamic. The decisions that you make now will change the latter half of your life. So visit KobeBoone.com or and
0: uh, We'd be more than happy to serve you and work with you. Mm. Man, y'all better get at my brother, man. I know y'all, this man's I'm gonna keep in contact with this brother. We're gonna have to definitely right. do more things in the area, know, right? yeah. Same people, That's bro. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. We already connected. We like he coming here telling me about Jimmy. I'm like, oh yeah, I'd have Jimmy. He's like, oh shit. It's like it's a small world, bro. So I'm I'm just ecstatic. I'm excited. So y'all, before we wrap this thing up, we're gonna have a t- couple of house cleaning items. As always, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast week in and week out. Y'all make sure y'all leave that feedback. Let us know how you're feeling. Let us know, like, what you think, what you want to learn about. Because, man, y'all, if y'all didn't get anything out of this today, you, you listened to the wrong podcast. I don't know what's wrong with you. Man, like, y'all, y'all got to tell me something about this one. But, Jerry, my brother, we already went through the the witchy columns, huh? Yeah, you
1: already gave him a shout-out.
0: We already gave everybody shout outs, cause this week too. Just let them know about Credit Fundamentals again, my brother.
1: Hey man, y'all check out our Credit Fundamentals course, the one-on-one. I'm a board certified credit specialist, and I decided to go ahead and make this product just to get people put on game as far as the fundamentals of their credit. I saw a lot of different people struggling with the basics, just trying to understand exactly how things are working. So this course uh, explains how the scores are configured, how can you find your scores, what is important as far as figuring out the weight of those scores and how to dispute things, it's a lot of different good information in this course to help you get on your basics and get on your fundamental square as far as credit goes. So y'all go check that out. It's going to be a link in the description below, and I need y'all to go check that course out, especially if you're having problems with your credit or if you've recently gotten credit repair or anything like that. We want to make sure you keep that score up or get it up. So y'all check that out. Mm, get that, get that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, with that said, y'all, this is David on behalf of Black Wolf Renaissance signing out. Peace. I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper. All I know is broad money marathon.